Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Pro Quo, the music podcast where I get my friends and loved ones to listen to progressive rock music, and they in turn get me to listen to, well, whatever they want. This week, I am excited to have uh, the second of a trio of friends from the library system over at Vaughn Public Libraries. Maria is joining us today, and Maria had me walk down memory lane with an old friend of mine and i in turn actually had her do the same with an album of my choice getting her to listen to a staple of modern progressive rock with porcupine tree she got me to listen to well as the title of this episode uh is telling you third eye blind it was one heck of a nostalgia trip for me and one that i really needed at this time as always, I want to extend a huge thank you to Olena Alinsky for designing the show's graphic as well as Explosive Ear Candy for their song All Together Now, which is the soundtrack to this podcast. And I think without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode, and uh, I'll see you all at the come along. Let's, let's do a podcast. Let's do a let's podcast. Do a podcast. Yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm super stoked to have you on board, Maria. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, taking, taking some time out of your day. Um, do you want to introduce yeah. yourself? I always let a, like, I know in an academic side, you're not supposed to introduce yourself, but I don't know. I find like my friends know themselves pretty well. I'll let, I'll let you introduce <laughs> yeah, yourself. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. You you have basically now you just have one more from Jeffrin to get That's on, right. <laughs> and then yeah. you have everybody. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. Um, we've been friends for a couple. Of, I guess a couple. It feels like a couple of years. Um, yeah, I think so. How long has it been since we've worked together? Um, it was September of 2018. So mm-hmm. probably like over over two years. Yeah, yeah yeah so i'm i'm uh one of the uh, you already had alicia on here so i'm another work friend of yours from from vaughn yeah. um and uh i'm excited that you're having me on because uh yeah. i i was a little nervous but i'm excited to be here <laughs> good good this is just a welcoming place it's a good place yeah. it's just you and i having a chat that's all it is yeah for sure i'm excited do we want to go right in and tell one another the albums that we've chosen to listen to yeah, whatever you want to do. Okay, okay. So let me know of the album that you selected for me to listen to. Okay, so the album I chose for you okay. is um, Third Eye Blind's um, eponymous 1997 album. Oh. Um, yeah, and this record okay. is sort of, it's sort of the one that skyrocketed them into popularity. Um, it just has like a ridiculous amount of hits like you have semi-charm life you have mm-hmm. jumper mm-hmm. how's it gonna be motorcycle drive by narcolepsy like it's oh, crazy boy. how many this is this is going to be such a nostalgia album. trip for me because like exactly. i never i never sat down and listened to third eye blind but i always was exposed to them through like big fun party mix or no big big 
Big Shiny Tunes. That's the one. I had like that's one through seven or something like that. So yeah. they were always on there. Yeah, they're definitely one of those bands that people sort of like, like forget about, you know, like, and then once mm-hmm. you hear the hits, you're like, well, yeah, whatever happened to those guys? <laughs> like, but I think they've sort of faded away, I guess, from from mainstream view. But they, like you said, they kind of have a place in a lot of people's um, memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've always been a band that I kind of, uh, that I've kind of listened to. They're really kind of like the 90s alt pop rock grungy kind of band and i've always yeah. really liked this sound yeah yeah because they came like i'm just doing a quick um spotify search they're still going they're still going yeah oh geez like <laughs> yeah. uh i mean there was a pretty big break between 2009 and 2015 but like since 2015 it's like almost a a record a year yeah they're chugging along chugging i think along. um like they're they write really cool songs. I think they have really, especially their early stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They had really, really, really nice guitarists, really like punchy drums. And I just think for the most part, really like well thought out lyrics, but I'm definitely putting a disclaimer on that just because Stephen <laughs> Jenkins is a character. Like right. he's very, very interesting, I think as a person. Yeah. Um, he's a really good lyricist. I think when he's like on his, like when he's focused, but yeah. I just think some of the metaphors and stuff can get away from him sometimes. And- <laughs> You either get really like heavy handed stuff or you right. get really like elegant, really cool stuff that almost feels okay. like it was almost an accident. <laughs> I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel like a lot of singer songwriters of the time, like the late nineties had that, like Dave Matthews and Fish and all, like even some more independent people, like, I don't know, the Flaming Lips or they, they were all very like, we're so deep. We've so got yeah. it. And then like, you actually look at it at face value and it's almost laughable. Yeah. That's exactly, you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is. I think he's like, I think he is a talented songwriter, but mm-hmm. like when he gets out of it, he gets in his own way a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not to say that any of the singer songwriters that I just listed are not yeah. talented. <laughs> they are extremely talented. It's just every once in a while, you're going to come up to a dud and you still have to really make it sound like it's amazing. Totally. No, I totally yeah. get that. But yeah, I always, I really like, I always really liked their I blind. I, I started listening to them when I was in like maybe late elementary school, like early high school. Mm-hmm, and it just, mm-hmm. it was because Stephen Jenkins was dating um, Vanessa Carlton at the time, who was oh. just like my hero, like her and right. Michelle Branch were like, my coming of age soundtracks like I just worship the two of them so when she was dating him I was like I need to know who this guy is and what he does and I started listening to his music and I I really liked it but I I picked this album because it's one of the few that I I come back to constantly and I listen to for the most part like start to finish right um and I find it's a more catchier version of like an alt grunge yeah because what this was 97 Mm-hmm. yeah 97 so grunge was already like five years old at this point so I think the the shine was starting to wear away and not too many people like Nirvana has already come and gone um and Foo Fighters were I think they were really spearheading this style of music which was like a fun version of the grunge style that's a good way of putting it like a fun yeah kind of more radio ready uh, yeah yeah I I wouldn't even say like radio friendly um Mm -hmm. because I feel like especially with music snobs and music connoisseurs they're always like uh if it gets played on the radio I don't want to hear it yeah it's a bad thing (laughs) but really it was catchy concise fun tracks that I still look at pretty fondly like I never 
skipped any of their tracks whenever they came on a mix CD that I purchased. So yeah, for sure. And yeah. what you said before about it being nostalgic, it's like, that's exactly why I sort of picked this one. Cause there's something really nostalgic and like comforting about the music on there. And I find it suits a lot of moods. Like you can listen to it, like belting on a road trip or like, mm -hmm. at, like live one of their concerts, but you can also like really dig in deep introspectively to a lot of the lyrics and stuff, which I, I love. So yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a, a really fun time for me. Um, and that's their first album, just their self-titled Third Eye Blind album, right? Yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, so I, I had a task to try to figure out a, an album for you because I already, I, ha I narrowed it down to two artists, but what was hard for me was figuring out an album, listening to a number of the albums. Cause at, at first I wanted to give you a band called Motorcycle. Okay. So it's kind of like a play on words between Motorcycle and Psycho. So it's like a oh, motor okay. psycho. The only thing is, because I feel like you would really dig them, just knowing what little I know about your musical preferences. But I was um, going to say, you have, I feel like I really trust your like music recommendation skills. Because yeah. I think I told you like one band that I like, and you've given me like recommendations that I absolutely like love. So yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. To see yeah. what you think. And that's why I immediately thought of Motorcycle. The only problem is they haven't really put out a solid beat like front to back album they always have like maybe half the album is just brilliant and amazing but then the other half goes right off the deep end and it doesn't make any sense so mm -hmm. okay. I feel like you would connect to half of their music and then the other half you'd be clawing at the walls trying to get out of the the music <laughs> box so I wanted to give you something that um you would enjoy from start to finish and so instead of motorcycle which i still think you need to check out because i do think you would you would really enjoy them uh i'm giving you the band porcupine tree instead mm, okay uh, that one i've heard of yeah porcupine tree is a pretty popular um progressive rock band like these were one of the few bands in the 90s to not even wave the progressive rock flag because in the 90s there really wasn't a progressive rock band like there were in the 80s or even in the 2000s like there was a, a wasteland unless you were a band like I don't know Flower Kings or Spock's Beard that essentially just you weren't progressing the music forward you were looking to the 70s and just reproducing that music right sure. that which sense, yeah. in my like I, they make great music but in my mind it actually counter twos what progressive rock music is supposed to be so that's why I love Porcupine Tree because in the early 90s, they were actually moving the music forward, doing different things. And they put out some pretty popular stuff. And this was the fun part for me was trying to figure out which album to give you because okay. there's so many good stuff. But in the end, because I know a lot of people are asking me or will be listening to this, hoping that I'm giving you more of their proggy side of stuff. Yeah. But I decided to give you one of their more and again, kind of using the phrase of Third Eye Blind, more of their radio-ready stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and the album I'm giving you is their 2000 album of Lightbulb Sun. Okay. Um, right. Which is interesting because this is not necessarily my favorite album from them. But for anybody that I would introduce Porcupine Tree to, this might be one of the first albums I go to because it's very catchy at times. There's a number of smaller moments on this that I really really do dig and I really enjoy but they also have uh three songs on here in particular that 
do stretch their legs into more of a proggy outfit. I like that description. I just did a quick Google search of the, the album. The album cover is so cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I hope you'll like this. And this actually, I got into this one when I was living up in Sudbury, finishing my thesis. And so I have some really nice like memories about this. Um, and it was one of those albums that at first I didn't really connect with because I'm like, oh, it's too poppy. It's too accessible. It's where's the meat? Where's the big <laughs> prog metal stuff that these guys would eventually do? Got it, got it. Um, so I'll leave the ball in your court to really dive in and kind of enjoy the music in that sense. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we will go our separate ways. I will dive into some third eye blind and just like get washed over with all the middle school <laughs> nostalgia. And uh, you can listen to uh, some porcupine tree. Okay, cool. Sounds good. On our side. Ah, ooh, give me more of your sunshine. And with that, Maria and I go into our own music silos to listen to one another's musics. I get to listen to Third Eye Blind, which I've listened to. It's the first time I've listened to it in a full album. So it's really interesting to put some of these songs that I've known about in context. And she gets to listen to her first Porcupine Tree album, which really is a delight. And I just want to give a few shout outs to my patrons, as I love to do during this segment. The first up, again, I just want to shout out to my man, Mark Foy for helping to support me and my endeavors, as well as one that I've already thanked a number of times, but I want to thank again of Austin Brown. Uh, those two have helped me out throughout my career doing what it is that I'm doing, and I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Also, I figured I'd give a little bit of news. It turns out that the Cardiacs are finally on Spotify. So if you are a Spotify subscriber like myself, and you want to hear some really crazy UK, like 80s, 90s, just straight up bananas stuff, go and check out Cardiacs. I highly, highly recommend that you do. And I'm so excited that they're finally on Spotify. So just a little bit of like a uh, musical news within our era. I figured I'd try my hand at that every once in a while in this ad break because don't really have any sponsors. So there you go. Uh, so without any further ado, let's dive into the podcast proper, hear what Maria thought about Porcupine Tree and what I thought about Third Eye Blind. Let's dive back in. There we go. Now we're back. Awesome. All right. How was that? Okay. So I have to just commend you. I really liked it. Truly. You have a really, a really natural talent, I think, for picking out things that align really well with people's interests when it comes to music. Like, despite, like, I know, despite, like you said, being only a little bit familiar with what I listened to, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the album. Oh, good, 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 good. So tell me about your experience. What did you think? Um. So I found the whole album really, um, really gorgeous. It had a, kind of an eclectic feel to it, I felt. Uh -huh, and I really uh -huh. loved the um, like sort of haunting quality of a lot of the songs, which I think was 
like a result of the combination of the lyrical work, the acoustics, different kinds of orchestral instruments, the layering of the vocal, like it was, it was really, really beautiful. Um, but I totally get what you mean about it being kind of a more uh, like what we said, like radio ready or like commercial sounding album for a bag that, a band that's, you know, more known for their, their prog rock roots. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this album came at kind of a little bit of a crossroads for the band because this was right after their more psychedelic space rock era where it was very airy, um, psychedelic, as I mentioned, they came off like their first three albums were extremely kind of like trippy and space rock and having tracks that went into 18 to 20 minutes wasn't uncommon. So I, I, two albums after those first three, cause this is their sixth album uh, tightened up a little bit more. It became more of like a, a rock focus and I feel like this is them before they go into their final stage of their career with their last four albums. So this was kind of a little bit of like a crossroads album where it balanced some more of those harder tracks with more of those accessible, popular stuff that they would do kind of in around this time. Yeah, and that it makes sense saying that they were sort of like talking about where they were coming from like psychedelic trippy kind of music because it felt that way but it felt more like without knowing the band's history like a little more refined almost mm -hmm. like they were mm -hmm. sort of like they had played around and now they were starting to get it a little bit more um, yeah. yeah yeah like their first like the the two tracks uh the second track and the third track uh how is your life today and four chords that made a million uh both are very short like those are the two shortest tracks off the album i think and they're both extremely trippy but in their own way like how is your life today is like a dream kind of a trip like it's very erythral it's very like reality is not quite right i was kissed on the cheek by a cobbled while the taxi was waiting like a getaway car and each second Seems like a lifetime And the cat, it's been staring at me All this time And then the four chords that made a million is essentially the big single off of this album. And it's very... Uh, almost like the accessible poppy side of like Pink Floyd, where it's... You know the typical four chord uh progression of a song but in a very trippy sense yeah and i was i was totally thinking about that when we were listening when i was listening to it and it was um a couple of influences i kind of felt like pink floyd for sure mm -hmm. i heard a lot in there um and i don't really have a background in in prog rock but i heard kind of influences of like you know not influences but they reminded me of like radiohead yeah. and you know stuff like that um, yeah. but I really I really liked I really liked that sound and even bands like I guess I, I heard a little bit of like a little Nirvana a little mm. Oasis a yeah. little bit of Goo Goo Dolls like yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah yeah it was I think that kind of 
like melancholic experience, kind of those like gauzy vocals and acoustics and stuff like that. It was pulling up those kind of bands for me. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this was released right at 2000. Um, So that like 90s UK kind of answer to grunge was still very prevalent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I could see those influences creeping in, especially with the lead singer songwriter for the band, Steve Wilson. He's really impressionable in that style, even though I feel like he would sooner rage against that style, but you could still see it bleeding into it. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, so that track you mentioned, the How Is Your Life Today, I, that was one that I kind of made like a little note on because it felt really Pink Floyd to me. And I really yeah. loved like the, um, like, I think what I was mentioning before, like the eclecticness of it, the mm-hmm. piano, and it was still really haunting. It kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the movie Coraline. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. With the yeah, choir. Yeah. yeah it, it was really cool. I really liked that, that track. It was cool. Yeah, and I love the fact that it's set in a waltz, so it's like inherently very danceable, but not in a traditional sense. Oh, cool. I didn't pick up on that. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and for me, I the album really gets going on the fifth track of The Last Chance to Evacuate Planet Earth Before It's Recycled. Yeah, um, that was a, an interesting yeah. kind of... Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, they used, um, I believe, audio clips from a cult leader before he I want to say it was like one of the mass like suicide cults kind of thing so like was pretty intense and I don't know if they actually went through with it but like it was one of the leader's speeches that somebody had taped we came from distant space and even what some might call somewhat of another dimension and we're about to return from whence we came interesting yeah yeah but i i love the acoustic side of that track and how it builds yeah, and I, I felt, I sensed a little more experimentation as the album sort of continued. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I felt like the first half was very like that acoustic, like you were saying, that acoustic kind of sound. And mm-hmm. it kind of got me ready for the more uh, like exploratory nature, I guess, of the of the second bit. Yeah, Yeah, because the first bit I feel has a lot more of their uh, more radio ready tracks. Like She's Moved On, the fourth track is very... Yeah friendly in terms of I mean it's not very friendly it's about a (laughs) girl moving on from a relationship Um, but in terms of like the musical presentation the musical styling it's very familiar Um, and uh, I the the couple of tracks I love on here and one of the reasons why I gave this are more of the pastel tracks like the rest will flow and where we would be like Mm -hmm. these two tracks that are kind of sprinkled between the two massive tracks which are hate song and russia on ice mm-hmm. i don't know i love how even though they're not necessarily dealing with the most happy of subject matters i do like the fact that the presentation of it is very pleasant and very optimistic 
Yes, I totally get that. The restful flow is one of my, like I started as one of the the tracks I really liked. And I, I, under, I totally get that that's more poppy than, mm -hmm. uh, than prog or, or psychedelic, but um, I just thought it was a really beautiful kind of piece of music. Like the orchestral quality was really nice. And yeah. I just, yeah, I really loved that one. Yeah. And it's interesting because these two tracks are very like it's almost an antith antithesis. Why can't I speak? Totally, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of of the usual like Stephen Wilson TM sound because he's very depressive, very mm. um, melancholical, and having these right. two tracks be very pleasant, it makes mm -hmm. them shine even stronger for me. Yeah, that kind of like juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so what did you think about the two bigger tracks of Hate Song and Russia on Ice? Russia on Ice was, I think, the longer one, the 13-minute yeah. one, right? That's right. And That's right. I was expecting a couple of those, to be honest, because, like, you know, it's probably, they, they like to do that kind of thing, right? The longer song. Yeah. Um, but this one, I didn't feel like it was as long as I, like, I feel like sometimes I tune in and out when I hear those really long songs, but this one mm -hmm. was really engaging. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's kind of a testament to good writingship where even though mm -hmm. a song is like in the 13 minutes, it doesn't feel like it is. It feels yeah. very natural and not dragging despite the length of it. Yeah. It was really cool. Personally, I'm not a big fan of Hate Song. I like I, I like the guitar work. I just find it's a little bit too abrasive and a little too in your face. And maybe that's just because the rest will flow and where we would be are sandwiching it. Like the positioning, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder, like I know they play this quite often in live settings, but I don't know. It's not, I, I much prefer Russia on Ice because I like the buildup and I like how it kind of earns the aggression by the end of it, so. That's fair, I totally get that. And I just, you know what? I just think the the guitars and the, the it was more the um, the pairing of those, especially the keyboards too, like in those songs, I really enjoyed and I was kind of focused on on that when I was listening hmm. to it. I, I think the instrumentation on this album was really strong. The yeah. layering of, of, it's just, it was really cool, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that Stephen Wilson, again, I keep using his name, but like he mm -hmm. is kind of the star on this uh, and he's kind of the driving force of Porcupine Tree and his big claim to fame is more behind the scenes as a producer. So okay. that ability to visualize what a song is going to sound like and mix and master it so that everybody gets their their dues and the song sounds as pristine 
is a really big quality that he has, especially with his own music. Yeah, and that's such an underrated talent, I think, is being able to kind of see the big picture of where that song's going to go. And you can really, I, that's, I think, why this this album felt really like a like a complete piece. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes albums don't really have that that sense, but this felt really well thought out and really well put together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I really and then it. there's the last track of Feel So Low that, I mean, this track was... Um, Let's just say that when I was listening to this for the first time, I wasn't necessarily in the best headspace. And you know what? I don't think he was, this just felt personal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it felt really personal. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with like the lyrical work because it doesn't feel like it's a hypothetical. It doesn't feel like it's almost a poetic thing. It feels like it's a legit uh, diary entry because he starts off with a date and going from there and he likes to end a lot of his albums off on a downer but I think this is one of the more downer pieces I was gonna say this was a a strong one like I'm not super familiar with their work I've heard their name before but this was Mm -hmm. a really yeah a really um what's the word like kind of um I don't want to say poignant because it's not the right one but very yeah very down yeah it's it's very potent as well like it's yes yeah um so yeah, overall thoughts. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think oh, the, um, like I said, the layering of everything was really beautiful. It felt really um, polished kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Um, as an album. I like the way the tracks work together. And I think I think my favorite track was Lightbulb Sun. Like it pulled me in right yeah. away because I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I was expecting, right? Right. But um, I just think the lyrics were really poignant. They were like restrained, but eloquent. And uh, it had my favorite lyric, I think, which was, um, my head beats a better way, tomorrow's a better day. Like, it was oh, just, yeah. yeah, that's very really nice. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like this one, I would actually recommend going back to the album that they released just before this, which is Stupid Dream. Okay. As, as a whole, I prefer that album better. But the problem is they don't have as many tangible songs as this one. Got it. It's a little bit more rough around the edges if you know what I mean but there's there's some really good stuff off of that but I am glad that you enjoyed you enjoyed light bulb sun so that makes me yeah this was good and I feel like this is a good introductory album to something that's a little more yeah like uh what you're saying rough around the edges so I think uh, I think I'll try it out oh good good yeah and if you like their harder stuff then go later on in their career like in absentina or in absentia i can't pronounce the name uh (laughs) that's kind of like their second biggest one fear of a blank planet's kind of their most popular one um and if you like their trippy stuff then check out like the sky moves sideways and up the downstairs so awesome sounds good yeah Uh, and we can switch gears over to third eye blind yeah so what'd you think (laughs) oh man this was this was a great trip down memory lane like Mm -hmm. just even the songs that I didn't know going into the album because I think I only knew two of the tracks like semi semi charmed life and uh how's it going to be I think those were the only two Mm -hmm. oh no I also knew jumper um or juniper juniper jumper Uh, it's it's jump it's jumper yeah okay my dyslexia I kept seeing the title as juniper and I'm like I don't think that's I don't think that's what it is (laughs) um but even those, as I was mentioning, even those songs that I hadn't heard before, the sounds and the music was instantly familiar to me as being that mid to late 90s alternative rock that just, 
it's just like, yeah, you look it up in the dictionary and it's like that. <laughs> it is. It just gave, I don't know. It gave me such a good nostalgia hug that I, I, I don't know. I was, yeah. I was swept right off. Like even um, the first track of Losing a Whole Year. Um, yeah. I never heard it before, but instant nostalgia. got that that tone to it right yeah yeah and what song did i actually write it down because i have a bunch of notes for each track i think it was yeah one of the last tracks the background um i even put um all the 90s sound effects on the guitars like you just listen to the guitar works and you're like instant 90s nostalgia Totally. Yeah, that one's yeah. A definitely, uh, and especially to like the, um, it, it's simple, but mm. I think the, like the main kind of guitar, like riff throughout that song is just so catchy and it's so yeah. 90s. And yeah, I totally, I get what you're, what you're feeling. Yeah. With that one. Yeah. Cause that was one of my um, notes about background was uh, a nice and pleasant track near the end of the album, instantly recognizable, even though I've never heard it before. that's a good description (laughs) yeah (laughs) for sure a lot of the songs on this album kind of feel that way like sort of like they're all not like homogeneous but related you know what I mean yeah yeah they're they don't really deviate too much from the mean of Mm -hmm. the core of this album they're all kind of in the same box and sometimes that works like it does on this album and sometimes it can get repetitive but I don't feel like at any point do they ever get repetitive or uh, derivative of each other. They all feel very fresh. Yeah, it kind of, um, they kind of stick with that, like uh, the slow, like not acoustic, but like quieter opening. And then they build to that really big moment. Like yeah. it's got the same, yeah. They got yeah. a formula that works, right? Like if it works. Yeah, yeah if it works, it, don't know? mess with it. Yeah, like yeah. the one that, <laughs> like the first one that I really identified that with was the second track of Narcolepsy where I'm like, oh, this is a really nice, chill track. I really like it. And then uh, what's the lyric? I I failed to write it down, but it was something like, um, uh, don't let this narcolepsy turn into a nightmare or something along those lines. Yeah, something like, yeah. And that's when the big crescendo happens. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we've transitioned from this more mellow, more impressionistic track to a very tangible, in-your-face driven track. I try to keep away
yeah and that one especially is a lot of fun to kind of like i like in the car singing that one on the way to work like it's fun <laughs> it's a fun track yeah a really that fun one track. i think I think that one specifically was written because I know that Stephen Jenkins does like a lot of the writing, if not all of it for mm -hmm. a lot of these songs, but he, I think that particular song, I remember reading something about it a while ago. It was written by the, the good, by Kadogan, like by Kevin Kadogan, by the, the guitarist. So that's one of the okay. ones that's sort of different on this album. Like, I think that one was mostly his, his influence with the yeah, lyrics. So, yeah. Cause yeah. it did, it did stand out for sure. Mm -hmm. in like the presentation. So yeah, yeah, they didn't have a great um they they they've parted ways. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, okay. So so yeah, yeah, it's that's interesting too. Like what band doesn't have Oh yeah, they all drama, have you know? <laughs> inner turmoils. So whenever you whenever you group, you know, a bunch of creative minds together to work on a project, eventually there's going to be clashing heads unless you really put the effort in. It's inevitable, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, which is why I change up my co-host every <laughs> every yeah. episode. You're smart, thinking yeah. ahead. Yeah, there's only one creative force on here, and I get other people to come on. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah, my vision, guys. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, oh, the okay. So that comes into the I guess their big track, the big popular one of "Semi Charmed Life," and I mean, I was just swept right back to middle school in the best kind right, of way. Right? Like yeah. you just, I forget how good these tracks are uh, yeah. because a lot of the times they get lost in the shuffle of either compilation works or on the radio. And this was actually something that I was thinking about on the other big track of theirs of how it's going to be um, because I forgot how brilliant How's It Going to Be is. Yeah, it's a good one. And this was what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, most of the time, whenever I'm listening to How's It Going to Be or Semi-Charmed Life, it's either on a compilation album or it's on uh, the radio. Right. And they are lost in the literal shuffle. And I feel like, and again, I don't want to be that old man yells at clouds, but I do feel like music, at least how a lot of people are consuming it now, are on Spotify pre-made lists or things totally. like that. And eventually they just get lost in the shuffle. Like there might be one or two tracks that are really good, but at least from all of my friends that I've talked to so far, they'll just move that one good track that they've heard from a list of other randomized shuffle tracks onto a playlist that they'll then listen to in their own shuffle pool. And I don't know, I feel like it loses a little bit of the shine when you can't appreciate the track for how it was delivered on an album. Yeah, no? I totally get that. Yeah. 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 And I think um what's really about like those two songs are their kind of like mega hits, right? Uh -huh. But when you think about it, like what I like a lot about those songs too is when you actually sit down and like like listen to both of those songs, right? Especially uh -huh. well, semi charm life, like you never know it was about like sex and meth and like stuff yeah. like that from the way it sounds, right? Yeah. Like the kind of the weird rapping he does on there and like the, mm -hmm. the high like the high level energy is just you know it you'd never guess and most people who sing along to it like don't don't pick up on that either because it's just like yeah right well, the, and the, what is it the big crescendo notes that he keeps singing is goodbye yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? I know right or like that lyric where he's like 
you know, the sky was, was gold. It was rose. And I was taking sips of it through my nose. Like people don't like, do you know what I mean? Like you don't really yeah. think about what that is until you sit down and look at it. And I love that, that contrast between like the, and I think how's it going to be a similar in a different way, it is, like yeah. where the lyrics, the lyrics don't match the, uh, the, the music. And mm-hmm. I think how's it going to be is like, he's, he's kind of like not, uh, it's about a, a, you know, a breakup. Right. And he's saying yeah. he doesn't really care, but then you sit down and like you listen to the the actual way he's singing and you're like you, you care you know what yeah, I mean? you definitely, like, just yeah like, it's yeah. It, yeah it's like when you ask your buddy who's clearly like distraught and it's like how you doing champ he's like i'm fine yeah totally I don't know what and I, i'm fine i love that kind of the juxtaposition there in those uh in those songs and i think you don't really get that like you're saying unless you're you're listening to it on the album it was you know produced on and Mm -hmm. intended to be listened in that way so yeah yeah I I totally see where you're coming from Yeah, uh, I will say that um, I feel, and this just goes to how I was presented to this music, because as I mentioned, I listened to Semi-Charmed Life off of Big Fun, or no, Big Shiny Tunes. Shiny Tunes, yeah. Yeah, um, when Jumper started, I I got confused because I'm so used to having Walking on the Sun from Smash Mouth follow that track. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, this isn't the right, oh, right, I'm listening to the actual album on this one. Right, which is a bizarre track to follow, like that kind of that kind of song. Yeah, <laughs> when you think about it, right? Yeah. Which is a really good point about compilation albums, I think. Mm-hmm. And having an album that's really, you know, well put together, track uh, orientation and things like that, like they make a difference, right? They really do. Yeah, like theming on an album, like, especially like a compilation album, can really make a song mean something completely different depending on the context at which you present it in. Yeah. So, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I still love Jumper. Uh, I think that was one of the other tracks that I had heard, but not quite as often as How's It Going to Be and Semi Charmed. Um, Mm -hmm. But I love how hopeful and unassuming it is. Like, this is is a track, uh, lyrically at least, that I think could have only been written in the 90s, like the late 90s, where it's almost. I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. Not necessarily like juvenile, but like there's a lot of things that went down at the beginning of the century that yeah. like makes this song almost like laughably ignorant. It's a very mind. simplified version it of is. what I think the the con yeah, of what the content is actually addressing. Yeah. 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 Um, I totally get that. And I think it's been I think the problem with it too sort of in that regard is that it's been popularized in like a lot of movies and yeah. I'm trying to remember there was one movie that it's like or it's become like um really affiliated with this particular like movie or scene I'm trying to remember what it is because this mm. is normally like I normally consume it you know this way but yeah um but yeah there's something about it that's become a little more commercialized too yeah which is which is a shame because i do love some of the lyrical content uh especially when they're talking about um you know 
a person that's, you know, it's a person that's trying to help another person, but they're on the ledge and they don't want to, you know, if you say the wrong thing, they're going over. Right. So it is, it's a very deep and human expression, but I also feel like it's a, a little bit on the, it's very dated in how it's totally get that. Yeah. And it's interesting because like what I was saying before about like that juxtaposition maybe mm-hmm. doesn't work here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what other tracks did I love? Cause I do feel like their big tracks are mainly on the first half of the album. Totally, I do feel I like totally agree. once, once we get past how's it going to be, I do feel like it dips a little bit. Like I still really like, uh, thanks a lot. The track that follows, yeah. how's it going to be, um, in being more of like a post grunge track. Like it's not quite as aggressive as grunge, mm-hmm. but it is still pretty hard hitting. And that was the first track that I actually wrote down. Iconic 90 guitar sound. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we get I into had, Yep. I was going to ask you, how did you like the, the ending of the album? Like I um, motorcycle drive by. Yes. That's like a very like, you know, popular like song for them too. Yeah. Which I had never heard before. Um, so listening to it for the first time and I had seen that it was one of their bigger songs, like on the Spotify list, they always show these are the big hits. I can understand and see how popular it is. Uh, I, I particularly loved it. Um, I had a feeling like I linked it back to, um, I'm just going to flip my notes as you hear it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it, it's reminded me a lot of narcolepsy, and I wonder if it was the same writer that did this track. Hmm, that one I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. No worries. Yeah. Um, but for me, it almost sounded like pre-indie, like mm-hmm. a lot of the tracks that we would get from the later two thousands, uh, especially within the last decade of like the twenty tens. It felt very like those tracks, and I even put that it reminded me of an incubus track like oh yeah that i can they see that put. um because i loved how uh melancholical it was without like it was very sincere melancholy without yeah. being uh melodramatic i like the way you put that yeah 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 that works um and i do love how it blends right into god of wine the actual closing piece and i mm-hmm. felt like it was a really good way of summing up the whole album yeah. Uh, without like a big explosion because I was kind of afraid it was just going to be this big explosion and I'm like I don't know if I'm really here for that uh, so I felt like it was a perfect way to kind of round off the album still follows that that pattern that they like where it's like a slow mm-hmm. build and then a big moment and then kind of like a yeah peter you know. off yeah 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 so i mean overall it was so fun to be reacquainted with a couple of tracks that i was listening to and knew by heart when i was a, a preteen and listening to it now in my 30s i 
I don't know. I, I revisit a couple of the mus musical styles that I used to love back in my preteens, and a lot of it has not aged well, but this one has, you know? It's interesting, yeah, because I feel like, you know, Third Eye Wine, you know how you were saying, oh my gosh, they're still, they're still making music, yeah. <laughs> like you don't even realize. I feel like this album is just like a perfect moment in time. Their newer stuff is kind of, kind of different. I yeah. won't, like, I do love the band. I really do. But their newer stuff is, it's different. And I think part of it's because of the revolving door. of. of I was um, going to say, yeah, if you get different personalities, you're going to get a different expression. So different expression. Like I yeah. liked, the, like Blue, I think is a really strong album, which follows this one. Mm -hmm. And um, I also really like Out of, Out of the Vein. But I think after that, like, and especially like you were saying, like acknowledging that big break, <laughs> it, it's yeah. a different sound. It's a different sound for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Yeah, it looks like blue, and then there's a collection, which I have a feeling is like a best of. Well, they got like five from this album alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, Jeez. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Well, this was this was a great time, and I thank you so much for having me sit down and just, I don't know, have a nice little nostalgia hug with these guys. Yeah, this was awesome. I feel like our our selections for each other paired really well over that theme of like uh, nostalgia and like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And both were like a pleasant, I don't want to say soft rock, but like alternative rock without being yeah. aggressive. Because that was one thing, I can't remember what song I put down, but there's a little bit of angst in these tracks, but it's not forefront. There's just a little, <laughs> it's just a little spice, you know? Just a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit of angst. Like there, it's not, cause what, in a couple of years we would have like new metal coming on in with um, uh, Lincoln Park and Limp Bizkit and all them. And it's just like dripping with angst. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here for, like, I love, I love Limp Bizkit. Even to this day, I still will sit down and listen to them. But I'm like, man, that's a lot of angst that, I don't know if I know, I'm. Really, I know exactly what you mean. You have to really be in the mood. You gotta be in the mood. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, now that I'm back in the retail setting, there's a couple of nights where I just want to go home and listen to break stuff. Fair enough. Fair you know, enough. Yeah, but like fair. on just like a regular afternoon, I don't want to listen to you know, break stuff or uh, yeah. gear those tracks. I want to. I want a semi-trained life. You know, yeah, just, a, just, just a sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> just a sprinkle of angst. Yeah, you're right. That's that. That is a, a feature, I think, in both of these. Just a little, a little sprinkle of, of angst in both. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to leave the listener with? Anything you want to plug or promote or just kind of end on? No, I just hope that everyone's doing well and staying safe, and uh, hopefully, you know, 2021 is uh, a good year for everybody. So. Yeah. That's a great sentiment. I love it. Well, yeah. thank you, Maria, for coming on board and agreeing to Thanks this. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Yay. Now we just have to convince Leah to come yeah, on board. Yeah, one more. One more, <laughs> and I've got all three. <laughs> Get the full set. One Get more. Get the full set. That's right. Yeah. Um, and for everybody out there listening, thank you so much for listening, and just keep sharing music. Everybody.